Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. want to welcome you to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we turn our attentions to Linda Allen Hardistry, a great British name uh, that you have shared with me, uh, Linda, before we went live uh, here based on your ancestry. How are you today, Linda? I am doing really well, really well going into the fall today. So it's great. Yeah, the seasons have really changed, haven't they? It's uh, it's incredible how quickly they've just all of a sudden shifted gear. Yes, and the visual of that, the changing leaves, and I think that always lines up to how we have our own personal cadence, you know, with the seasons. So yeah, it's great. Now, Linda, you are president of the Allen Hardistry Leadership Group and also a coach to C-suite leaders. Uh, I know that we're going to have a lot of fun uh, over the next 30 minutes or so because leadership is something that I really enjoy. And the fact that you have, you know, a group that you have founded uh, and at the heartbeat of that. Uh, so I think it's going to be really rich and exciting. But I would love, love to find out from the get go, you know, why do you love leadership so much? Where did that where did that passion kind of start for you? Oh, well, you know, I really like it because it's because it's challenging and it always changes. There's no perfect blueprint. So everyone really brings one size does not fit all. So I love the the diversity and, and the challenge of how hard it can be as well. And, and for me, I, I never, I never planned this, you know, early in my career that this is what I wanted to do, but um, I was doing a lot of strategic planning for a lot of CEOs and boards of directors and in a very facilitated way, very consultative, very facilitative, I would put the framework in place, guide the discussion with the group, you know, challenge where needed and really clarify with everyone. And if there were challenges in the room, I would bring that up and say, I'm hearing some different things here. And then what started to happen as those engagements were uh, ending and, you know, the strategic plan was being handed off to the team to execute, the, the wrap-up conversation with the CEOs and some of the leaders kept going. And it was about uh, the real challenges, about the heavy lifting of implementing what came out of the strategy. And one uh, CEO said to me, you know, you're a really good listener, Linda. Can I run something by you? And that just really got me thinking uh, that, you know, I think I'm shifting more into coaching, not consulting. And, those, and it's very important to have that distinction. And so I decided, well, you know, maybe, uh, I, you know, I did have a coach myself uh, early in my career was when I was a leader and I really benefited from having a coach. So I thought, well, maybe there's something to this. So I thought, well, I should, you know, go and get some training and see if I really know what I'm doing and what there is out there. So indeed, I did know what I was doing. And as I got more training in coaching and started to follow the professional designation and competencies, there were things I didn't know and things that I had to learn that made me better. So that's how I really evolved. And that was the reaction of other people I was uh, serving, 
they're the ones who said, this is really a great path for you. Mm, yeah, there's, there's lots of feedback there that you were given and also kind of some thing, some thoughts that you've kind of uh, stirred up in me. At the heartbeat of of most entrepreneurs, they say that they come from a problematic childhood. Your your hunger and love for challenges. Uh, would I be right in thinking that you had a challenging childhood? You know the the mentors that I've had in my life, people I've really looked up to, were people who were outside of my family unit. Uh, people who, and, you know, I think going outside my family unit as well, they gave me a chance to escape and look towards other, you know, other, other worlds and things to be in when things were challenging for sure. And a lot of the people I looked up to were uh, a lot of women in leadership roles or women who had gone through a lot of challenges. And then I would really notice how they carried themselves and how they were really open about that and you know how they always kept looking forward instead of looking back mm. and looking back was not something i wanted to spend too much time on and coaching is all about looking forward mm. so for sure i think there were some uh things that really pulled me in a direction outside of where i was being raised for sure mm. And isn't it interesting? I always, I'm always fascinated. It always strikes a chord with me uh, that your gifting makes room for you. There was a natural uh, gift within you that wanted to to serve, and that people actually could identify that you were a great listener. And actually, it was through that that feedback that kind of altered your direction. And you mentioned how you went from being a consultant to to a coach. Um, I would love for you just before we move on from from this thought of what you see as the subtle differences between the two. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really glad you asked this question. There is a difference. And I can wear both hats in a conversation with someone or in a contract with someone. We just need to know which role they want me to play at any given time. So we're really clear on that. Consulting is really bringing the knowledge and advice to an organization. And they often need that. Uh, Coaching really draws out the awareness and the knowledge and the new insights in the other person. And when we start a coaching session, neither myself or my coachee really know what they're going to find by the end of the coaching, but it's all in there and it's all theirs to make sense of. So uh, the coaching is uh, from the inside out. And consulting, you could say, is more bringing in advice externally for someone to take from you. And quite often, you can I can pull on either one, but I'm always really clear uh, with the leaders I'm working with or the teams I'm working with, uh, the role they want me to play or the role we're shifting into. Mm. I always joke that I've got many hats but the same head, and I presume that that will resonate with you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great you said that. I mean, there are times where I catch myself you know, uh, being a consultant and I have to catch, you know, draw myself back and, uh, remember that, you know, this, this is not, this is not mine. I'm here to really be on the journey with someone else. So, and I'll actually say to someone, are you looking for me to, to jump in and brainstorm here with you? We can partner on that. Mm. Uh, and then you can make some decisions. And sometimes I'll say, yeah, that's it. I just, I want to know what you've seen. I want to know 
what's out there and what else you've seen in this issue. So then what's the path that we'll, we'll take because for sure, uh, I've got a lot of knowledge and experience because I've seen so many things in other leaders and organizations and it, it is valuable to share. Mm. Well, no, and how refreshing it is, Linda, for you to say, you know, I, I want to be that which I want others me that need me to be rather than what I just want to keep projecting. You know, I think that that's a skill in itself, especially within business. We kind of become so self-obsessed that we, we lose sight of the audience or the customer or the consumer. It doesn't matter whether we think it's great or we're excited by it, but it really matters whether the person that's really engaging with that which we're communicating is the one that's having that sense of enlightenment. Yeah, actually, that's that's really well said. I think that's a really great uh, comparison to to strike in order to get out of your own head. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, that's really what empathy is all about is to truly understand the other party. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's hard. It is a skill that and it's a muscle. I think it's a muscle. I think it's mm. something that you develop and you keep working on it's not like you say i've checked the box i'm good to go you have to keep coming back very true what what is the most effective way to develop our own self-leadership and the leadership of our teams mm -hmm. self-awareness really is the foundation to all of that uh, really and the work from uh, dr tasha yurik uh, from the United States, she really did some groundbreaking research on self-awareness and the impact that that has to our own development. And that her work and that concept uh, really rings true with a lot of leaders I work with. And the challenging thing about it is it's really hard to really understand uh, like self-awareness. How are other people experiencing me? And I'll often work with leaders who say, yeah, you know, I asked my team for feedback and I didn't get any. Well, just think about that for a minute. There's a power dynamic there too. So the conversation is how can you really, what is it that you really want to know? What is it they want to, they want to tell you? And so self-awareness is really critical. Doing um, leadership 360 surveys is a real foundation to the work that I do. And that's really eye-opening for a lot of leaders when they're ready to see it and do it. And it is, it changes their life. Many of them have said this awareness and then making some changes and trying some new things uh, has been life changing for them. In fact, some leaders say over time, not only are they more effective, they actually sleep better at night. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe like the most exciting people in my life are those that are self-aware. They know who they are then they know who they're not. I think it's something so liberating of just saying, you know, I don't need to be great at everything. I just need to be great at something and to kind of loosen like the expectations, you know, that people and society put on them and what we put on ourselves, and just say, this is me. In all, in all I am. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of confidence over time. And, you know, people can be, um, can have some challenging experiences to get to that path. And so I think that's where coaching often plays a great role for them because it's someone that they can talk to openly as they explore what just happened or how they feel about something to get to where they need to be to, to work through it. Mm, for sure. Linda, in, in all your years, what's been your greatest leadership lesson? Uh, oh, 
greatest leadership lesson. Uh, be open to fail and fail well. And fail is a positive word. It is such a positive word. And so we often, you know, grow up or think that failure is negative and it's actually not. That That's where the true gold is. If something didn't turn out the way you thought it would or that you committed it to be, I think that that's, that's where the juice and the gold and the energy is to get through to the next step, actually. I, I, so I would say how we define that um, and how we embrace people try new things and no more i think we have a lot of grace and cushion now because of the pandemic every organization had to all of a sudden go virtual or all of a sudden figure out how do i provide to my customer this way how, like how do we get our homes ready like it just it was just instant forgiveness for everyone because there was let's just figure it out so if we could take that gold and that gift of we were just open. We had to figure it out without really being really hard on each other. Let's just dive in and do it. If you look back, uh, I think some of the criticism really lightened up and faded away because people had no, no choice. We've never done it before. So I think, you know, is that one of the silver linings from this, you know, challenging time in society that we could take with us about not being so hard on ourselves, on each other, as because new changes and new challenges are coming fast mm. we're not out of this so it'd be great if we could remember that i i think that's an amazing silver lining out of what we all just went through very true yeah i can't remember who said it uh, it was something like uh, i've learned so much from from failing i'm i'm ready to fail some more mm, yeah what is it what is it like to say that <laughs> just hearing you say it what's it like for you to say that yeah, well, I, I really, I really resonate with that. Like, actually, I, I'm not af afraid of failing. I'm actually afraid of not living. Like, for me, that is my biggest, like, challenge is the fact that I'm afraid of not being and, and seizing the opportunities that are within me. That bothers me more uh, than actually stepping out there and getting it awfully wrong. To not step out there haunts me more. And I, that is just such a reframe on what I just said that really rings true for you. So then you don't want to be self-limiting. You don't want to miss out. Uh, what's a FOMO, fear of missing out? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. But I always find that the fear of missing out is something that a lot of people identify with. And I think the thing that's helped me navigate through it has been very much, you know, I kind of know what I want my life to represent. And so if it doesn't represent that, then it's easy for me to kind of not go with it. So then I don't feel like I'm missing out. But the things that I feel are right in my wheelhouse that excite me, that play to my strengths, that will take me to where I want to go, that they're the things that I, I, I do not want to miss. You stay open. Exactly. That self-awareness, again, it comes back to that, doesn't it? Because once you identify what your mission is in life, then you're able to make decisions based on that, which helps you navigate through some of the challenges that, that life gives. And if you're not raised in an environment that teaches you how to do that, you can still learn how to do that. People can unlearn and relearn and evolve into so many different versions of themselves there really is no perfect starting point for that 
Exactly. Now, I know a lot of people that listen to the Brains podcast, they are entrepreneurial. They do have their own like business, their own academies. But there are people as well that are in a nine to five that, that are working in places of influence. And I know that you work with such people. So I kind of kind of wanted to ask a question based on your skill set with with this particular listener in mind, which is, you know, what a what are two things people can do to achieve promotion? I know that you help people like advance in their career. So I'd love, love to kind of just uh, find a little bit of wisdom from you in that. To achieve promotion. Uh, you know, I was actually just reading some research uh, about um, uh, how women can actually progress further into leadership positions and what holds them back. But as I read that research, I, it's really true to a lot of men that I coach well as well. Uh, so I would say uh, one of the biggest things there is don't assume that everyone around you or that you report to, don't assume everyone knows what you do, what you've contributed, what you've done, what you've thought of, uh, you know, the, the mistakes or non-starters that you've made, how you noticed it, how you changed uh, so I don't, uh, so don't think that you're bragging, but just talk about it in a way that don't assume people know everything that you um, have done and what you've, what you've said. And the second thing I would say in promotion is to be curious with everybody around you. Um, you know, I noticed that you really, you know, you struggled through that, you know, that, uh, you know, a pretty bad sales report last week. And, and now here you are, you know, focused. I'm just noticing, how did you come what was the biggest thing you learned from that? How did you do that? I'm really curious. Could you tell me how you're feeling about that today? So if you can be really curious and really keep talking to people, uh, they will have an experience of you that they may decide, you know what, you really listen to me. You asked me questions. You were curious. So I think those two things are, are really important um, that can really help people regardless of who's listening uh, to this podcast today. And if you're looking to, to be promoted, um, and those would be the two things that I would say. Don't assume people know. So talk about what you do, what you've noticed, and be curious with other people. Ask open-ended questions and make them um, have a great experience of how you listened to them. Yeah, and it's it's true as well that in my own reflection with yourself, Linda, that even though that you're not uh, employed per se, there's two things that really shine out from you uh, to me with regards to where you are at in life and. And they always say success leaves clues, but your ability to listen uh, and your heart and, and frame to contribute are obviously key, two key ingredients as to why you've arrived at where you have right now. And I, I think, you know, we need to be more mindful uh, and reflective of, of what are the behaviors um, and the body language and the energy that people portray in order for them to uh, show us the way forward. So uh, yeah, they they were really good um, good suggestions there in terms of achieving promotion. Um, we often talk in leadership of uh, of focused on uh, those that were leading. So I kind of wanted to ask you a question um, based on how can people help and support a leader they are following. I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> uh, uh well um gosh accept the fact that you go in with it knowing that the person in that leadership role is really doing their best 
walk in with that right away and grant them that that that's that they're coming from a place of wanting to do their best and for you then to find a way to really see and understand what your role is in helping achieve the vision of that organization um, and if you don't clearly see it from someone in that leadership role ask them about it and I and that and that it is a two-way street between um, you know leaders making great environments and engaging environments and purposeful vision for employees but the two-way street is the employee then has a accountability to participate and respond and to fulfill their contribution to that vision as well mm. that would be my my immediate response to such a great great question and you know um uh cut them some slack mm. leaders are um, they're dealing with an awful lot that you you don't see everything that they see every day you're one piece of uh, their day their world their challenge so um that that would be what I would say for our listeners who, you know, want to contribute and, and have a great work experience. Yeah. We know a lot like, uh, especially relationally evolves around trust and uh, the importance of emotional intelligence and, and being able to sense where people are at and being mindful, like you said about cutting people slack, you know, we are, we are human beings. We do have responsibility of course, as leaders, but how, how do we build trust in the marketplace by using emotional intelligence? Have you got some thoughts on that? Uh, yes, yes. Um, and I think that, you know, he, consumers are really, really looking for that as well. Um, in order for uh, employees to want to trust their leader, what some of the research has found is that if a leader trusts their employees, that's the first step to an employee saying, okay, I trust you as my leader. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have very, um, we have we have a smart marketplace out there. We have smart customers and consumers. Uh, so I think um, empathy, I think empathy, the emotional intelligence of empathy is a big one, really understanding where they're coming from. Uh, emotional expression, uh, being able to really describe verbally and non-verbally. Um, I think consumers in the marketplace are looking at all of that. So I, I think those are really, really big ones as well. Um, and being really good problem solvers, emotional intelligence around problem solving and stress management. Um, I think, I think for example, our airline industry, uh, we have some airlines that are really doing a great job role modeling that right now when they're talking to uh, customers who have maybe missed a flight who are a little frustrated with their luggage uh, gone missing. It's the emotional intelligence of that service provider from that airline that will make or break the experience that that customer has in the future. And a lot of that will be the emotional intelligence of emotional expression, empathy, stress management, and problem solving. Do you want to see what is the biggest challenge like for companies and businesses that I probably get more frustrated with? It's, it's more being proactive rather than reactive. Of course, problems happen. But it's like even now, like I have quite high expectations when it comes to customer service. And some people don't even deliver on what I believe is satisfactory, let alone moving ahead and actually preventing some of, you know, some of these problems from deriving in the first place. Like 
what are your thoughts on that on raising that bar because i i'm getting a little frustrated if i'm honest as a, as a consumer that's like you know just seeing a company constantly be reactive rather than proactive mm-hmm. well i hope some of those companies are listening to this podcast because i think you're really lobbing them a great uh, you know a, a great ball to really dig into here um I think getting back to that personal touch, that human interaction, talking to someone rather than going through um, an automated system. And so for organizations to increase the number of employees they have to enable to have one-on-one conversations with people is that human touch. I think we've been losing a lot of it anyway, but I think we realized through even the pandemic that uh, that human touch and human connection is really important. So I think you'll notice, and maybe you know, I'll ask you if you had a really great customer experience experience, customer service experience with someone, chances are you were talking with someone and they were interacting with you rather than just going through an email or an automation. And uh, I think a quick example of that is what happened um, in Canada recently. We had a Rogers Network went down in August and uh, a, a, a tremendous amount of customers in Canada did not have cell service, didn't have 911, couldn't run their companies, banks didn't work. It was, I think, I think like 36 hours of hell. So if you watch what the CEO has been doing, um, what his uh, new IT uh, CIO was doing, what they're doing and the communication that I've had as a customer on that, and I can reach and talk to anybody at any time. And so I think uh, it's back to that human connection again mm-hmm. and for giving up employees the space and opportunity to live those values. It's one thing to say you care about it. It's one thing to give them the time and the space and the, the infrastructure in order to do that. But I would say getting back to that human connection and human trust and giving employees the tools to do that. I think that could be the greatest win for those struggling with customer service that haven't delivered. Yeah, I love that. I love that that human that personal touch, that empathy, that awareness that we've talked about from the top of this like interview, just being mindful, pre like preventing things, having the ability to listen. People are constantly communicating to us, both relationally and in business constantly if we're just smart enough to listen to observe to absorb what it is that people are giving off people just want to be heard they just want to be listened to even if you can't resolve everything they're asking if you've given them that space to speak and know that they were heard that gets that's a that really moves the dial a lot and i think this is really our opportunity to find genuine human connection again definitely i have one last question for you linda before you kind of share anything else that you feel burning and let let people know how they can interact with you like further Uh, my last question is what is the highest or the toughest should i say what's the toughest leadership question we can ask ourselves the toughest leadership question that we can ask ourselves At the end of the day, if you would ask yourself, um, if I had a coach 
beside me right now, listening to me, what would they say to me? To putting yourself in that, taking yourself out of the situation and being able to look at it subjectively. Cause I think a lot of us, we get, we get caught in our own emotion. Don't we, we, we want to defend ourselves or, or protect ourselves that fight or flight often, I think, because leadership is all, all about our ability to, to move ourselves forward. Even when we don't feel like it, when there's challenge, when there's even success, how, how do we, how do we represent ourselves well? So being able to put ourselves into uh, a different frame, I think is, is, is good, good advice. So thank you for that. Um, Linda. And that is challenging to do. We actually can't coach ourselves. However, uh, that is a great way to, as, and I like what you just said there, get yourself out of your head um, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have anything burning, Linda, as we bring this into land? Uh, well, you know, I successful people are those who are always looking to reflect and grow and learn. And a lot of that happens on the inside and works its way out. So regardless of what leadership position you're in or what position you're in in an organization, if you are looking looking to grow and learn and unlearn and try new things and develop new skills, I think you really have uh, that openness to what we really need to have in a successful world. In the world, we really need good leaders right now in all sectors. It is a business imperative business imperative that they are found and developed and have that ongoing uh facilitating my own growth mentality that's the mindset yeah i agree with you how to be be gentle with yourself as well i would Mm. say that i think Mm. we need both of that yeah we do because we're often uh it's interesting isn't it sometimes we're our most harshest critic and then sometimes i feel like we we give ourselves too much of a free pass and somewhere in between is kind of like the sweet spot. The sweet spot. Yeah. Great tennis analogy. Uh, my mentor used to say to me, what's the opportunity here, Linda? So ask yourself that question. Maybe that's, I'll, I'll offer you a bit of a change in my mind there. As you reflect on your day, what would a coach say to you? But uh, what's the opportunity in front of you now? And, okay. and that does not let you off the hook, but it does get you moving forward instead of looking in the rear view mirror look down the end of your car down the highway look ahead yeah. love that and how do people find out more about you linda and uh and your leadership group uh my website um which is available uh also on my page on brains and i really like brains and you do a great job the brains podcasts are awesome they're so diverse i highly recommend that to everybody and my website is www.ahleadership.com and all my articles are on there. I can be reached and accessed through there as well, or uh, any of the social media uh, apps as well. And I do work with a lot of leaders on a regular basis. And I do bring in new leaders at various levels uh, quite a bit. I always leave uh, some new spots for new leaders in my portfolio all the time for people. And I work internationally. Uh, we've got this great world of uh, virtual life now that is just so smooth so i if anyone's looking to have a coach for the first time or um have a different coach maybe they're different place of their life i would uh, love an initial conversation 
Beautiful. Well, thank you, Linda. I loved kind of just uh, jumping into your brain and, and helping helping us create something that I think is really uh, insightful and also really kind of timely as well. So, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the conversation, Mark. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.